Hello, everybody. Drasker here from 10knorm.com, where my main mission is to normalize six-figure incomes as the minimum wage for heart-centered entrepreneurs. How? Uh, well, number one, through the 10K Norm coaching program, and number two, through the accompanying podcast that you are listening to right now. Both are here to help guide heart-centered entrepreneurs unable to hit consistent 10K months, despite all the personal development work they've done to master their mind, master their offer, and master their sales so they can normalize 10K months in six months or less. And today's episode, we have a Real Talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur on their way towards their own 10K norm, and we have some Real Talk about what's currently their biggest challenge towards their 10K norm. In that, we're going to explore who they are, why they do what they do, and then live on the call, I get to help them get out of their own way on a challenge that they're currently experiencing towards their 10K norm. And today's guest, we have Emma Ferris, who is a physiotherapist and breathing coach. Uh, She's worked with both men and women all around the world to teach them how to disrupt, embrace, and tame stress so they can live their best life. And uh, her lessons as an entrepreneur in health and her personal life has crafted her unique way of teaching her wisdom uh, and working with both businesses and humans online and in person. So Emma, thank you very much for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you, Jessica. And thank you for having me on. It's a great opportunity to, to hear from you and the wisdom that you share. Uh, and likewise, right? Like, I mean, you, you mm. do very cool work with regards to uh, connecting breath with the body. And I think like breath work is something that that is, not say a buzzword, but I think it's, it's getting more and more popular uh, when people explore different modalities of healing and things like that. So I'd love to know you know, how did you get into that as a physiotherapist? Was it something you added on extra? Was it something that helped you through your stress? Uh, I'd love to kind of get a breakdown of, of, of that and uh, what you're about. Absolutely. My first experience learning about breath actually started when I was around 13 and I struggled with a stutter and speech impediment and learning how to do breathing training, stress, uh, not stress management back then, but speech and drama training has transformed the way that I could breathe. It made all the difference to my ability to speak in public, to even do what I'm doing now. But I had no idea over the next, well, probably 30, 25, 30 years or from there, how much breathing would keep showing up in my uh, practice, in my work and in my own personal life. So it kind of, in physiotherapy, we do, we look at the way that you breathe, but it wasn't really clear on the link between how that influenced your whole nervous system, which is the, the really the, the bridge between your emotions and your mind and your body and how we actually have so much power to regulate that. And so I find that we were all getting stuck in these silos of like, I'm going to do just the body or the psychologist just do the head or the doctors only just do the screening and then send you off to specialists from there. And we weren't taking this helicopter view of the body. And it was my own stress experiences, plus my amazing clients and patients that I work with, that helped me to really see how much our stories, the stress stories that we have, our experiences, our trauma, our, our belief systems, all influence how our body's going to react, how our brain's going to react, and how that will either keep us in a survival state or in a thriving state. And I found that over the years, the more that I brought this into my full practice of what I was doing both clinically with patients and then with my coaching and retreats, it started to transform the way that people really began to look after their health because I used to get so many roadblocks like you do with your coaching. My roadblock was the nervous system. 
and that that was one thing I was like I can make this easy for people if I can yeah change the way that they think about stress and breathing is one key element to it but it's not the only part so I found that when I was teaching this uh breathing was already uh, it was on becoming a bit more aware of it you know like on trend as you said a buzzword and it's helped by people like James Nesto, who's a journalist who's talked about breathing a lot um Wim Hof who's got a very different style of breathing with cold immersion and I find have found that it's not a one-size-fits-all model anyway so my goal when I work with people is to find their pathway and their tools build their invisible toolbox of stress tools to help them get through those crazy moments before they get there so it's not just a quick reset, you know, oh my goodness, I, I need to calm myself for 10 minutes to meditation. It's much more than that. It's the connection between our ability to communicate clearly. It's our connection between relationships and being able to yeah, be seen in a safe way. And when that doesn't happen, that's when our survival response gets triggered. So for me, it all comes down to safety and trauma. And I had to dig quite deep into looking at the research behind that because I'm a huge geek and I've loved connecting all those elements and then looking at an individual as you do and go, hmm, okay, what does this person need? Why have they got to there? And how, do they, how are they going to get to that next stage of their life experience and enjoy and thrive? Love it. Like there, there are so many layers there that I feel like we can just have an episode on like diving deeper into those because you know, like one of the things that popped into my head while you were speaking is, uh, I don't know if you know Dr. Jeff Spencer, um, but anyway, he's like a performance coach for a lot of um, Olympians and, you know, like high, like performance entrepreneurs. Anyway, th that doesn't matter. But one of the things that he always says is like, the breath is the metronome of life, right? There's like the, the, the pacing that you have with life. And I think that's, encapsulate at least to me, so much of like, stress is a part of life and you know you you have a metronome and a pacing for how you handle it there and obviously for when you're not stressed it can improve so many things and even when you mentioned the kind of compartmentalized approach like okay well we're going to work on like your muscles and we're going to work on you know like your neurology and then we're going to work on your breathing to, to like help heal something i think it, it misses the mark because i know so and just for context so like i owned a a brick and mortar weight loss center for 10 years prior to doing this. So, you know, breathing while exercising, bracing your core to, to like do exercises, you know, all of those things always came up. And even just that was like a big shift for a lot of people, but then it was also superficial in terms of this things that you mentioned, where like, if you go into breathing, accessing neurology and I remember even my own healing how much like somatic release what was a big thing with yeah. regards to the things that I've done so I don't really have a question I guess it's just more of a like a reflection yeah. back and, and a comment but is that kind of the the topics you dive into and the exercises and, and modalities that you dive in with your clients absolutely yeah that somatic piece that body so I'm assuming body is one of the things that has been inspiring so me so much in the last few years because there's a great uh, book and an author, um, the, body's, the book's called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessa mm -hmm. van der And that really spoke to me a lot about really the how much our body is reactive. And most of us don't know how to stop and reset that reactivity. And that's what will flow into all aspects of life. Like you're saying in the gym and when you're exercising, when you're choosing to eat things, like that is governing 
why you're going to choose these, uh, your physiology is going to shift and it's going to change your psychology and the choices you make. So as people learn to make peace in the moment and shift that, then that actually helps in all aspects of their life. So yeah, you need to have different tools, but I love that metronome that breathing really is that it can be going too fast. It can be going too slow and it's knowing that we can adjust that and that can make all the difference. Uh, Absolutely. So what I'd love to then dive into, because, you know, you do have this deep understanding of that somatic connection and and so much of what we discuss even on the podcast and in my own coaching right now is essentially embodiment, embodiment of the, the, the things that you want. And, you know, I call that thinking, feeling and acting in alignment with your 10 K norm and embodying the, the, the thoughts and making the decisions to embody the narratives that, that move you towards that, that make that inevitable. Um, so I have a feeling we're going to dive into like that aspect and also the, the mental aspect and, and the potential disconnect uh, between them. So with that segue, I'd love to know more about, you know, your challenges towards what you feel like is in the way right now of your 10K norm. Hmm. So many challenges that that's why I was so interested in talking to you in the first place, uh, because I think it's some things that a lot of people will, will come against. Now, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 24 and I have, so I'm now 38 and I work my butt off to grow businesses and to look at in different ways. And I was similar to brick and mortar to start with a physiotherapy clinic. And it grew from, you know, one, one man band, one man person to having four or five physios and staff and, uh, and been on this sort of stress experience in many ways of good stress building companies. Uh, but there was points where I wanted to do it differently. And I knew that I worked better serving people and learning and it, assimilating the information and when I, what I realized in my work there was I was saying the same thing pretty much to most clients about hey you need to look at the way we're doing this because this is a catalyst for you being here in the first place and it's the reason why you're not going to shift your body into that space you want to be and that was the breath so I I went on this journey about five years ago with my own own stuff again going through divorce going through changing of life and where I was living in a quite a remote area I've really found that there was a huge opportunity for me to share this in a different way. And so I I birthed my online business at that stage. It felt like birthing it. Uh, And it's still been very much in its infancy. And I've always been at this place of like, oh, I'm going to, I will, you know, I'll hold space for it and I'll keep working on it and juggle it. But I'll juggle it with being a mother and being um, a brick and mortar clinic still in a smaller scale, but going, I'm not quite ready to step into the whole experience of teaching in the way that I wanted to online. And also knowing that there's so many ways of doing that. There's just so many options. And so what I created five years ago with my online course has been, uh, it's been a really good learning and understanding how people learn in the first place and how do they want to learn? What are they going to be receptive to? And what is the right price points and the value for what I'm doing and offering and that process? How do you make the process that I do clinically come into something that's going to be highly effective and change people's lives is what I wanted to do. Um, But in a way that was, they could do it every day and not be overwhelming and and to be at that crisis point. Um, And I find, I think part of it as well is because it's about people knowing when they're ready for that. And often to get to that point, they have had to get to crisis to go, I actually need to change the way that I react to stress because it can just be insidious. We can just go through these stages of life where we just feel yeah, I'm a little bit tired. We have all these warning signs. My, I might have neck or back pain or migraines or headaches or feel 
fatigue or not sleeping well. And those are all, for me, red light warning systems in your body that it's not happy. And But most of us have been taught that push, push, knuckle, muscle through, you know, in life. And so it's been a really good learning going, well, how do how does humans change the way, uh, change behavior? How am I going to make this something that works long-term? And it's also been figuring out how do we speak to my audience that are going to then go, okay, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to go on this pathway. So I know I've done a lot of uh, pivoting. So, so 2021, isn't it? Pivoting in the way that I uh, speak to my audience, the way that I share the information. And it's come back to really also sharing my own stories of uh, both change and grief and, and trauma. Um, I went through a very crazy one personally a few years ago about three years ago, and I've actually done a podcast on it myself called Conning the Con, which is a, a true crime podcast. Never thought I'd write that, but it's been, uh, or do that, but it's definitely been the catalyst again for me to show up authentically. And that's been something that I have uh, been working not towards, but just how much I feel comfortable with. And I realize actually the more when you're in this online space that you you know it's not smoke and mirrors we are all humans behind cameras and podcasts and we all have our own journeys to go through and I want to make sure that for me I'm doing the best for myself and for my family and that means with the work that I do as well because I don't want to just put my energy into something that I'm not 150,000% passionate about and that I know is going to make a difference so yeah my journey has been one from going from brick and mortar like you to coaching and getting growth but not getting growth in the way that I want and particularly in that sustainable piece where I'm, you know, it's, it's just consistent. It could be depending on events or trainings that I do that suddenly we have big months, but it's just not with my online program, just going ting, 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 hitting the mark. Got it. Okay. So there was a lot there. So thank you for giving the, the, the broad strokes spectrum of like the, the context. Um, so if you had to summarize it, what would you say are your biggest obstacles that you feel like are standing in the way of your 10K norm right now? Putting both feet in, like diving in and just culling the brick and mortar business, which feels super scary because I, and my barrier I think for that is finances with life and with family. And if I did that, it's it's got to work to a point where um it can fund things and mortgages and other stuff and house and life. And that's where I've been holding on and by to the other stuff, but everything's, everything's come up. And so I'm like, actually, I kind of need to either let it go and be not be okay with that uncertainty, particularly with what's happening um, with COVID. You know, there's so many changes and uncertainty at the moment that I feel like I'm, you know, constantly navigating things and figuring out what's going to work and something might work really well now, but you know, and where, where I live in New Zealand, we haven't had COVID going through the country like it's about to do in the next few weeks. Um, so we have been able to work one-on-one -on -one with people. And so there's been a, a change in that, but you know, there's going to be a, a shift again. People don't want to be exposing themselves. They want to be more protective. And so bigger in-person events will be less. And so I want to make sure that I'm still able to divert myself into the way that's going to work best. But if I really committed, I, I would say, and if I was going to go, I'm all in. I'm going to just do this business online and my events and my workshops and trainings. Then I'd probably create another 15, 20 hours in my week to then do that and go to the next level. So there's definitely a mindset shift and a fear, a big fear around um, will it work?
Got it. Okay. So there's a sense of, I'm in this limbo state between the brick and mortar, which seems like it's, it's financing most of your bills right now. Like it's kind of paying the bills and yeah, uh, it's, it's tipping a bit, which is great. So that's where it's been also this kind of like, Oh, I don't actually maybe need to do the brick and mortar as much because the other part's tipping. Okay. But yep. I'm like, is that going to stay? Is that enough? And I'm, I'm putting, you, you know, you're like, as you do, you invest into the online business, you invest into everything else. And it's just that juggling act of where you put energy investment and financial investment. Got it. Okay. So it is that limbo state. There's some evidence that like both kind of subjectively, like what's going on in the world. I'm going to have to shift online anyway. I kind of want to, and objectively, like the finances are shifting more towards online than the brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. but I have one foot in one foot out and I'm not exactly certain What's going to happen if I make that full jump? Like, would that be a good summary of yeah, that or no? That is. And I think one of the things is I've, I've had the online presence in products for five years almost, and it hasn't done the scalability that it has got the opportunity to do. So I have been particularly working with mentors at the moment and tweaking it and going, okay, what does it look like to frame it this way, to change the sales? Like, there's just so many cogs in it that um impact it and I noticed that because I'm doing that refining and test retest with that product and the way it's it's um marketed and projected then it there is getting more numbers sales and consistency but I know it could be way better and and just I'm not sure what that you know behind door number one two or three is the right way to go to make that get there got it and this is sales of like you mentioned a product or this is your online services so that's my uh, an online product. So I have an online course called Breathe Right and Reduce Your Stress, which has uh, been it's a 30 day course that people can access for over a year. And I've added in live training to that. So there's a live training with me and group training um, once a month, depending on the, the months that I run it. And that has been, I was doing live training at the start and the end to figure out if that was the right balance thing with a higher price point. And, uh, and then I've gone, actually, no, I think it's okay with doing one live training at the start with a slightly lower price point and um, knowing that's the almost the lost leader in some ways. People are getting to know me. They're wanting to do the work on the journey. And then I've had another product in the past, which I haven't put back out there, which is more of a mastermind process, which I've loved doing with women only and uh, working at scaling that from being a month process to more of a six month. And so I feel like that's January, February next year, that that's going to be the next push into that. But I really wanted to get my Breathe Right course feeling right because there's so much information out there for breathing. People go, well, I'm going to do an online training. And for me, it's about the uh, the expertise and someone else to be able to show you straight in front of you what's going on with it in that group setting and um, hearing from others that are in that journey as well, which I think there's so many little aspects around what I've created there works really well. Got it. So then there's also kind of the business aspect, because it seems like I have multiple different offers. I've tried multiple different iterations, low price point, high price point, group, non-group, movement only, et cetera. So there's there's a lot of dilution of energy, right? There's a lot of, like it just sounds, let's say lack of focus. I think you're focused on like your expertise, but Mm. it's how do I get that expertise out to the people that actually need it? And communicate in a way that I matter to the people that need me most. Like, is that accurate on, on the business side? Yeah. And I think the word dilution of the focus is a really good one because it's not that uh, it's, it's just that I'm putting so much of energy in different ways to, to get it all to come up and, uh, and then seeing some benefits on some things, but not others. And because it's a long game, 
It's not like something that converts. It's like, right. And I know it can for some, but there are so many pieces to it that I feel like I have been putting energy into all these areas to test out, okay, what part of the social media, what part of the storytelling, what part of the, the online process and journey needs the energy to get to the next stage. Right. So there's a lack of clarity on what lever do I need to push in order yep. to actually succeed. So I've just pushed a bunch of levers ended up with a little bit of success <laughs> across the board, but no real home run. And okay, yeah. I mean, I know it's in the North American, <laughs> um, right. like, but yeah, okay, you get we, what I'm saying. Home we'd run. say yeah. six, we'd say cricket. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Six. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I don't know the cricket equivalent, but yeah, as long as we understand each other, that, that's important. I got right? you. But yeah, so no, like, you know, this totally worked, so I'm just going to go all into it. So it seems across the board with both the limbo and then in the business, like the online business itself, there's this sentiment of uncertainty of like, I'm not 100% certain what's going to be my winner. So I'm kind of keeping all options open. Is that yep. accurate? Yeah. Okay. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, ironically, I, as a stress coach, I actually really enjoy like thinking and busyness and kind of on the go. So I, the problem is I probably thrive in doing that state of like, ooh, I want to make this work and see what goes on. Uh, there's always moments where I go, I'm constantly on the business in the sense of it. There's no like point where I go, sweet, I'm fine. I can pull back on the reins. And particularly over the next year, as I have personal stuff happening with building a house and, and investments with that, I'm like, I'm not taking my foot off the brake until I've got that brick and mortar home done because then I know where I'm at with things and I've got that uh, as a, yeah, the next stage. So for, I feel like for the next 12 months, it's working on clarity and um, certainty because uh, all those things are shifting me away from, from the end goal otherwise. So, and you said across the next 12 months, I'm going to work on the clarity um, and the certainty. Is that? Yeah. Did I hear because that I think, yeah, because what I, that's definitely something that I've been getting, um, getting focus on is because I have so many things that I'm doing with even with digital marketing, with PR, with all these things here that I want to get my plan. So, you know, this is what's going to do to get to this next stage. Uh, and I have that with some other support systems in place but it's definitely going, what can I let go? What am I afraid to let go of? And, uh, and also being okay that it could take a little bit longer. I really probably, owe, you know, I've had this business, the breath effect, my online business for the five years, but probably for the last year and a, maybe a year and a bit, year and a quarter, I went, I'm energy in, I'm investment in even the next stage. And so I'm still kind of going, I think I'm 12 months of working at that will get me to that next stage. But I do know there's some barriers, if that makes sense. So I'm confident that it will get there. But I know that I've probably got to shift on a few certain things that I'm maybe not ready to shift on just yet. Got it. And are you more confident or are you more hopeful? Uh, no, I'm more confident. Okay, good. So to then just uh, rewind a little bit, Right. Because it kind of asks you, OK, so having all this dilution of focus, having so much uncertainty in so many different areas, one foot in, one foot out. I ask you, how does that make you feel? And what mm. you gave me was a great uh, mental answer of like, mm -hmm. well, I have 12 months to like get clarity. I feel confident something's going to happen. It's all good. But it was a great 
and yeah, uh, intelligent non-answer, <laughs> unfortunately. So I'm going to have to go back and ask the same question. How does it make you feel to be where you're at right now? Uh, exhausted. That's the crux of it because there's no break pedal off. So it's, there's an element of fear that comes in, but then she buggers off, <laughs> she goes away. But there's just this feeling like mm, that exhaustion, if it doesn't get to that point, if so that I work on that. Point. If it doesn't get to that vision and that goal that I need in the next 12 months. So if it doesn't not- work out, essentially, like everything you need to work out if it doesn't work out that's what i'm most fearful of in the next yep. 12 months okay yep. that's keeping you exhausted it's keeping me going and going which leads to this 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 energy tank which is what i actually teach and work so i'm working hard to fill the energy tank up but there's a low grade of this doesn't go through this is You know, I'm back to brick and mortar. I'm back to doing what I know, which is fine. But I'm going to feel a real lack of, I'm going to feel really sad. And I'm going to feel really um, frustrated if I don't get to that place of what I've been visioning and working on for such a long time, but also not committing to. (laughs) Got it. So the exhaustion then is because this, fear sentiment of like essentially it's got to work out if it doesn't work out in the next 12 months like it's all going to come crashing down i'm going to be really sad so all the actions that i'm doing are out of fear Mm -hmm. and all of those actions the dilution of the focus the many different levers all the stuff that we've talked about Mm -hmm. they all lead to exhaustion so exhausted, fearful, sad, I, I would add worrisome, it seems, because there, there's, there's an element of worry mm-hmm. of like what's going to happen within the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that sits there. The worry okay. is there. So, but, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because I, I, I'm aware of those, those emotions and I do mindfulness and meditation practice. I'm like, oh, hello, worry. <laughs> nice to see you again. Um, hello fear I see you coming up because I know I'm doing these things so I sit with it uh, and I, I probably haven't sat with it enough to be like it is the way that I'm working but I've also that's been my uh, my operation of the way that I've worked in the past is that to to work in that way of like right we've got to achieve this, this is, so it's almost like fear-based goals do you think that's the optimal way to achieve what you want no, I've sat when other I've done other stuff as well, manifestations and 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 I, and I jump into that like I dream, I jump into right, I can see what it's going to be, all this joy, all the thrive, and I like I teach that stuff, but I still get hijacked like everybody else. If I sat with the like, what's what's the real like deep down embodiment? It's like, well, yeah, this is this could all come crashing down, and I've had some really tough stuff in the last two and a half years where I got conned out of a lot of money and. Um, lost a lot and my life kind of went, wow, I was on this, I was going to be able to give my family stability and uh, all these elements that I knew was working really well. And then someone came in along my life and, and took that rug out from underneath me because of what they did. And so I've had to go, right, I'm going to prove that I don't just 
bounce back. I like bounce 10 million steps back and like jump up so high um, to create that for my, my young, young family and doing it solo. So there's, there's there those pieces that are, unfortunately I feel like they are embedded in me at the moment that like I'm a single mom entrepreneur, I'm going to kick some ass and just watch me as I thrive through life. And um, not as a, like a bulldozing effect, but just as a, like, this is what I've got to do for me and my babies. Absolutely. And that I think gives a lot of credence to what is powering the current mm. way of doing things, right? Yeah. If all of this crap happened, it was the catalyst for where I, I can see you wanting to go. So I mm. get that. What I'm also observing and what I also want to draw to your attention, that proving that I can do this, that I can 10X mm. and, and go beyond this, like almost like I'll show you energy. Mm. Is that rooted in proving them wrong? No. Or is that rooted in proving your own worthiness right? No, my gut, and if I listen to that, got that 10x thing, and getting that, it comes down to financial stability. It is literally that. It's not about those people. It's about for us to be able to go, right, I can live where I want to live and be doing this lifestyle and, and not be fearful of where money's coming from. And it's not about that. It, I, I've come from a family of six kids, so we're a big family, and uh, no one's an entrepreneur in my family. Like no one's doing this, this walk. So there's a lot of learning from me. I've surrounded myself with lots of business mentors. But the, I guess for me, it's not about um, having the finger to the person that, that actually conned me because it's not. I actually feel the complete opposite. I've been really powerful about re reframing that and going, it's just about creating the life that I can for my family so I can actually step back and have more time with them when it really matters, which is, I feel like for me, the teenage years, I know it's all the way through, but I want that lifestyle to be with them, to be present. And so my driver actually comes down to uh, my value of connection and time with them. Beautiful. And I love that, right? Because out of a dark place, you paint mm. this beautiful vision of like, no, I'm going to live my best life. And yeah, you know, that that's going to be my path forward. So that that 100% resonates and, and I, I can feel that. My follow-up question then is actually going back to kind of what we initially started this whole tangent on was your current state of exhaustion, fear, sad, and worry. Is that going to be the state that's going to get you to that vision? No, and it, it, no, it won't. It won't. And I, I, I guess that's not my 100% state. That's my state when I sit in the in the those moments of like if I just sat in it. But it's definitely not my hundred percent state. Like I can shift it and move across and be like, right, these are the things that I needed to do to get me to that vision of stability and and time, because I think time is money. And I'd rather have that over any 10xing or 10x time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but the, the, those bits, when you ask me, you know, what is that? What is the, the barriers? It's like, well, those are the little, the little parts of me, but they're not as big as the other parts that tell me, I can do this. You got this. Just take it one foot in front of the other. 
Right. And what would your results say? The results would say I'm moving forward towards that. It's just that it's not in this pace that maybe I'd still like it to be, to be able to be like, right, I got there. Whoo, take a break. <laughs> Fair. And I'm going to challenge that a little bit, just to kind of see where it goes. I'm not saying that this is right or not. It's just observations yeah. that I'm picking up on. So by all means, if it's wrong, you can just tell me that it's wrong. But ultimately, the results that are in front of you are the reflections of what you've been thinking, feeling, and acting. Mm-hmm. And I can see your deep knowledge of like, okay, I, I can envision something. I know the pure reasons and I know the pure intentionality of why I want to go there. I understand that that vision is my carrier. It's bred out of love. But when I like prompt with regards, okay, well, what are you actually doing? That, that's reality, right? Like reality is the results you're creating from the cumulative effect of your thinking, feeling, and acting. I don't see you as somebody who's depressed 100% of the time. And that's not where I was going with that question, but more the cumulative effect of all of my actions from the dilution, from the one foot in, one foot out, having spent five years trying to juggle this, right? Uh I uh, thrive when I have multiple things on the go. I thrive in the busyness. Ultimately, how's that been working for you as far as the results that you're creating? Because from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, okay, I've tried a bunch of stuff, haven't really dove into anything. Everything is kind of powered by uncertainty, fear, and the semblance of hope that it's somehow going to change. What I don't hear, okay, is any amount of certainty that I'm going to do this. Because when I ask you, how is this going to happen it's kind of like, well, it'll be like this, it'll be like that, and I'll do this, and I'll figure it out. I'm just going to keep doing essentially what I'm doing, which is working really hard. And I know, listen, I get it. We, we, we all are the last ones to kind of take our own advice. And, and I know you understand the exhaustion bit here. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of my reflection from the outside looking in. So I'm just curious, how does that land for you? Is there something that I'm missing? No, I think it lands quite well. And I really am loving the, the holding the mirror up because, like you said, this is what I do for everybody else. But the bits that um, have been that I'm resonating with me, what you're saying is that, yeah, the fear, exhaustion and worry dictates my actions in, in lots of ways. Um, more than maybe I realize. And more because of COVID and what's happening. Um, and not just at a, at a business piece but at a like a an everything piece there's just so much uncertainty and change happening and in friction and so I think I go well what can I control because I love control I know that's one of the things that helps with stress <laughs> and managing it and changing perception on it like, what can I control well, I can control the business to a certain point I can control my actions to a certain point and, and reactivity I can't control anybody else's. I can't control the global stuff. And so I feel like this uncertainty in some ways is going to sit there. And I, I'm trying to figure out what is the ability for me to be in that space of uh, control, which gets me out of fear, exhaustion and worry. But it still sits there. So I think there's, I mean, I'm, I'm probably still a foot in each camp, if not one foot out. <laughs> I, I would agree. And that's kind of the sentiment that I've been getting what was interesting about that last piece i can't remember exactly how you said it but you said that 
like I want to focus on what I can control and I control my actions to a degree. Hmm. So what do you mean by that? I think I am, because this is something that I've been working on and reflecting on myself personally and with what I do with work is this concept of um, just that moment shift that we all have. Like it's always there for us to keep shifting that and going, what is my way of doing that? Even when I um, start new relationships with people, whether it's friendships or partners, uh, and I see how much we all get hijacked. And so I'm, I'm just realizing how much for me it still comes down to the um, reflection time to, to listen into that. And I'm probably still not creating enough space for that and honoring that that's not useful. I know that it's useful, but just uh, I get caught up in the, the doing of it to make sure that it's going to happen, which means I'm not actually doing the work of just of um, – of clarity. So I'm gonna challenge you again because, and this is very typical of people that are experts and that are very like intellectually strong. Mm -hmm. And I've said this many times on the podcast and certainly been true in my healing journey as well, where it's our primary strengths become our first weaknesses yeah. or become our first distortions rather, sorry. So, my question to you was, if, like, sorry, my question to you was, I can control my actions to a degree. What do you mean by that, right? And your brain, again, took that off into a very intelligent hinge mm. and, and a great sounding narrative about, essentially more about your expertise and, and your knowledge and your standing and, and, and your own self-awareness. Mm. Great, but it didn't actually answer the question. And obviously this has been a pattern now, and I think your primary defense, or one of them at least, is some level of deflection, right? Some level of don't look there, just be kind of positive. Okay, so before I continue, like, does that resonate in any way? Yeah. Not, yeah, I've definitely, I've looked there. I definitely have, and I've learned how to, uh, not learn, but I've sat with discomfort and, um, grief and all those things that feel uncomfortable um and as we're talking today i just before i got on this podcast i had an email from someone and i was like great timing for like a, an email that was uh you know had a lot behind it and a bit of it was about a relationship and a bit of conflict and i was like hmm, this is going to be fun coming into this process <laughs> knowing that i'm feeling that way about that and sitting with it because sometimes it's not about changing things. So I feel like for me, I, um, I'm not really answering the question. I know I'm not. So that's okay. So let, let's get back to it then. Mm. What degree do you feel like you have control of your actions? The degree. Um, 70% if it's like a random like number, because like, I know that I still get taken okay, so and hijacked. And then so I'm what? like, damn it. <laughs> so what accounts for the other 30%? Um, past experiences that I haven't uh, worked through to see my own. Beautiful. Yeah, I think there's a, yeah, there's a lot right of there. past stuff. Right. So 70% of my actions are controlled by me. 30% are controlled by past things that I haven't worked through. Yeah. Not discounting what has happened to you in the past. 
not discounting its impact right now on you. Mm. When are those things happening? When are they coming up? Um, relationships between people. Okay. And in what moment do those past things come up? Well, they can come up in lots of different ways. It can come up and I find it usually in words and um, it's not body language. I know it can. Mm. So are those things happening to you right now? Not right in this conversation. <laughs> Definitely not right in this conversation. No, but even but they when they are in my surrounding. coming up, the only time that they really ever come up is when you bring them up, meaning the only time that they come up is in the now, right? In, in the present moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 30% of your actions are dictated by things that you have full choice over in terms of what you decide to bring into your present moment. Not necessarily Mm. in triggers. Triggers are, you know, that's why they're triggers because you don't have that conscious control over them, but Mm. the response to them, okay? Yeah, so I would have said that that was the 30% was the triggers that I haven't dealt with versus uh, um, taking that time to then reflect on it afterwards. Absolutely. But what I'm trying to bring to your attention Mm. is the amount of disempowerment in your very intelligent answers, Mm. right? How much control do I have over my actions? The only answer exists 100% if you're truly Mm. honest with regards to yourself because you are the one that chooses those actions, even through a trigger, right? Mm. As you know, there's a lot of things you can do to respond versus react. Mm. That is the action that you have the choice over. Your Mm -hmm. brain's default is even in my actions, I only have three quarters of agency in how I do them. How do you think that translates to other areas of your life? Mm, Lots of different ways. Lots of different ways why uh, I am probably in the place that I am right now. So in what ways? Uh, single divorce being conned. Uh, <laughs> lots of reasons that I have. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of. So pieces. I would even pause right there. Is that past or is that right now? What, what are the, these experiences? Or single what do you mean divorce by that? being conned. That's something that happened. Oh, no, I'm still single. The last five years. Okay, fair enough. Still single. <laughs> still but single. Divorced and still, I'm still divorced, but it's right. not divorcing. So I've been through that process. Right. Um, and I've done a lot of grief work and somatic work through both of those experiences, including the con piece, because that was so raw and in the, the experience of that. Um. So those are those aren't me now. Those are my things that have shaped me to be. And again, it's not a thinking thing, but these are the, they, those are the reasons why I have chosen to look at what I'm doing so much in life and relationships. So I, don't, I actually don't even regret them. I'm like, those are good things that happened to me. I mean, listen, I, I never asked you if you regretted them, but no, but I, that's my own piece. 
yeah with it like because i think people kind of go yeah it's my own judgment of others looking at it going oh she's that's not great to go through i'm like no but those are really good experiences I agree. Those are the growth experiences that life throws our way for you know, whatever the reason. And that's not really at the crux of, because what, what I'm really interested in, why I'm prompting you, and by all means, right? Like if it's like, okay, <laughs> you're full of shit, just like, let, let me know. I have no issues with that at all. Um, what I'm trying to help you see is when I hear your answers, there's a lot of emphasis on the awareness and the observation, which 110% has its time and place. Mm -hmm. That, however, is where your empowerment stops. Beyond observation, looking back, observing, being more aware, getting like a higher resolution picture of what that means, even painting a picture of what it can mean in the future, where your brain derails to is basically, I rather choose semblances of unhappiness over uncertainty, right? Like going back into all the bits that we started this call with, all the aspects on, you know, diluting your energy, being everywhere at once, not really committing to something, one foot in, one foot out, that they're all results they're all manifestations of i'm trying to hedge my bets on uncertainty so i'm gonna spread everything out try and tackle 10 million things because fundamentally the only certainty you have is the one you choose to create mm. and that's the part where i don't hear your brain going at any one point right because it's not like like it was all, okay, if something happens, I always have the brick and mortar to fall back to. It's not, you know what? I just need three clients paying me X amount. And when I know how to get those in three months in a row, I can just quit the brick and mortar. Cause it sounds to me like that's not really what you want. That is like, this is certainty. I will create the certainty that I'm looking for, which is kind of why I asked you near the beginning, are you hopeful or are you confident? Like, no, I'm confident. Yeah, you have confident sounding narratives rooted in an extraneous fear of uncertainty, which absolutely makes sense due to your past. But ultimately it's, it's the, the, the choice is now, like what are you going to do about that? So again, before I continue, does that resonate? Is there something that I missed? How does it all fall for you? No, I think it's landing. I think it's landing and there's part of the, the, the block in many ways between my really like certainty, but it's uncertain as businesses and that's making me drive in a certain way. So, yeah, no, I think it's landing. And who's the one that can ultimately create the certainty you're looking for? Oh, I don't think it's only me. It's 100% only me with that. And I've been working on that, but it's still, I, I don't, um, maybe because of that, I don't actually bring too many people into that team because I um, have this resounding feeling that I'm the one that's going to be able to make this happen. So just to clarify then, the fear is that the responsibility, like I'm the one that has to make that happen. No, no, just that um, there's not really a fear. It's like I just 
that's been the to make this get to the next point it's me that's doing it it's not a, it's not a fear-based thing it's like i am i am my brand i am me, me. i've got um the the knowledge and peace it's like this is only going to happen when i make it happen correct and is that certainty something that you feel like you can find or something that you can choose uh i think like most of these things it's choice with it like my mindset on on stress and other elements is all about choice and that changes it and drives reactions so i would say it's um it's choice i i would agree with you and uh i'm glad to hear that you say that so now it really just comes down to to what degree do you believe that No, I do. I do. I like that's that's the choice piece for me. Like everything I've done since I was young with business has been about choosing to make the to take risks, and I'm okay with that risk, even with this right now, because I feel like that's part of the balancing act of it is knowing that um, it could all come down like a house of cards, um, but I'm also I, I feel like there's some part of me that might be a very good gambler <laughs> because I like the, to, to, to play that risk. I think it's better off to live that way than not to live in this place of, well, not even, I, I couldn't go back to working for anybody else. It's just like, this, this is the only option anyway. I'm just going to make it work. Yeah, that part I actually don't doubt at all because I think mm. you, you've lived that, like you said, for, for the 24 years and that, that part yeah. makes sense. What I'm more pointing out and I think it's starting to sort of sink in is the degree to which I can nurture narratives, feelings, and actions that drive what it is that I actually need to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Having a clearly defined problem, having a clearly defined vision, having Mm -hmm. a clearly defined path towards what it is that I actually want with a consistent way to create evidence that I'm moving closer to what I want versus just adding more things to my plate to hedge my bets. Mm. Like that to me kind of sounds like where you actually are and, and, and where you need to look to move forward. And to be honest, I feel like I like I normally would do a few days away with a business girlfriends where we go and sit and do our thing and we brainstorm on that. And um, just with uh, so much going on and not making that time to do the clarity work, um, there's been a and then again sitting on the uncertainty. So just not pausing enough to really dig into that to to reshape it because I think the problem is it's reshaped but I haven't put it into the right words or context to help me define that, like you said. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion on the business side of things, Mm. right? Like which model do I choose? What price point do I take? Because even that in many ways is rooted. I know we didn't really get into it, but it's, it's rooted in, I think, ways of this mentality that's seeping into there. Because also if I can't commit to a business model, then I can't commit to a price. And if I'm rooted in making choices out of fear that lead to exhaustion, then also I want to hedge my bets there and probably not going to price it in the way that I need to, to be able to move forward. You know what I mean? Like it's just like one Mm. thing rolls into the other. Because it sounds to me like with your level of expertise, you you essentially need the, the, the basics. You need one clear 
person who has one big enough problem that you have one clear and transformative solution and you just need to know how to sell it. That, that, that really solves all of your problems. So your sales, yeah, that, that's, that's very clear. And last few, last six months to years is about because of my background, my business training was a one, one piece of one paper in my physio course. I had no business experience at all from that. So sales and is like almost a dirty word <laughs> in our industry. Like you don't sell yourself as a physiotherapist, you know, you're a health professional. It's like, well, actually, I've had to take that that hat off in many ways to be able to frame how I get people to to do the the to come on board. Hundred percent, and I'm glad that you've had that realization. And I know you've had to do it to to make a you know full fledged uh, brick and mortar physio center because yeah, it's hundred uh, percent about that. Um, just like it's hundred percent about this in, in, in the breath work that, that you do. Yeah. Um, and I know we're kind of like leading to, to, to the end of this, but just even as an offshoot, right. Even when you speak about your offering, it's not exactly clear who exactly is it for and the big problem that it's solving. I know you do stuff with breath, but it's like, mm. not, not many people are willing to pay thousands of dollars to like learn how to breathe. It's something that is like a necessary evil to get to what it is that we actually want. So I can see how that would also seep into the, the, the confusion. And that's a much broader uh, conversation with regards to like, how do I actually package my expertise in a way that matters mm. to the people that need it most? Um, and it's whatever is behind the breath that that really you will find your answer, right? And again, that, that's its own conversation. Um, mm. But does that resonate as well? Yeah, it does. I think I've got more clarity and each product that I have has then been defined more because of that. So whether it's my um, business workshops that I run, which is about building connection and decreasing stress for team members and um, boosting productivity because of, of that. So like I see the, the simple clarity for that. My problem has been that breathing impacts so many things you know, it changes sleep. So I could go, I can just do one product that's purely just on a little bit of sleep here. I could do one product that's just on fatigue or I can do one product that's just on back and neck pain. But the reality is the stuff that I teach works for all of those things. And so I have had to go, right, like you said, that dilution. Um, so I am refining that again now. And a part of that is that sales process to get people understanding for, for me from that top level of why I do what I do and how that is a bit different. 100%. Yeah, 100%. You're right with that. Yeah. And that goes back to the certainty of choice. Like if I'm mm. certain that I'm going to decide this is the big problem that I'm solving and I'll mm. say no to all the other things, like that, that's really what it comes down to. Right. But again, yeah. it's going to be hard to do that if I'm not certain, because then there's so many other options. So everything looks more exciting, which way to go. Like we go back into that loop. Mm. Right. So all in all, I know we kind of covered a lot of different things and obviously in, in this container, it's going to be very hard to, cover all of them does that feel complete for you is there still something left outstanding no i think i've got more things just to sit with more than anything and someone that digests the conversation uh there's clarity i mean sometimes i, I knew that i'm doing as well yeah. i think i just need to give myself that space and clarity i always say i'm like i need this much time i've not got this much time i'm like i either need to create that time by giving something away or choose not giving it away choosing to not do that to create the space um 
So I, do, I, I feel this has been super useful in many ways. Um, hmm, I think I need time to process and sit with it. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I know we covered a lot of ground and for it to be all, uh, you know, clear like this, I think it, it would be a little bit unrealistic and, and that's totally fair. Mm. Um, so yeah, on that note, then uh, definitely we can kind of close it off here and give you the space to do that. Um, so let everybody know then, you know, with regards to what it is that you do, where they can find you, who's the best person to contact you, that the floor is yours for that. Awesome. So my business is The Breath Effect, The Breath Effect, and you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook or on the website. And easiest way is to DM me through that, message me, email me at exhale at thebreatheffect.com to learn more about what I do. Uh, There's lots of ways, like I said, that I can work with people. And it depends whether it's one-on-one on on that health journey or whether it's uh, just learning to take a few moments to find calm and reset. Awesome. Love it. Well, Emma, thank you very much for uh, being on and, uh, you know, sharing your vulnerability with the world. And uh, for everybody else that's listening, we'll uh, see you on the next one.